fuck it, we'll do it live, as the kids say, right? That's what... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're having a hard time, like, easing back into this. We're a little rusty. It's oh, been my a goodness. while, but we took a couple weeks there. off, and apparently we've forgotten how to do this. Uh, all right, season two, <laughs> episode 19, Stats Don't Matter, the Olympics, a note about mental health, NBA free agency, Bonanza, a couple other sports topics. In our cups this week, it's an IPA from Corvallis, Oregon, and another IPA from Burlington, Vermont. Double IPA episode. Put it on the bingo card. That's great. Follow us on Instagram at Stats Don't Matter. Twitter at Stats Podcast. Find Stats Don't Matter wherever you get your podcast. I know you've, you're tired of hearing me say it, but let's get those downloads up. These downloads are rookie numbers, okay? <laughs> Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google. Go out there, find the podcast, like, share, subscribe. Tim, let's get into the show. Be back, baby. Be back. Did we ever leave, though? You know what I mean? Well, we did. I did. I, I got out of here. Yeah, we did. I, I, I got out of Dodge for uh, for almost two weeks. Yeah, so. we did. Yeah, yeah. D- definitely took uh, some some nice uh, vacation hiatus in the middle of the season. You know, we, just call it our Dennis Rodman, you know, part of our, our last dance. Yeah. Not the last dance because we're going to keep this podcast going for a while. But, you know, like, we just needed a few days away in Vegas or a Gunquit or the West Coast Best Coast. You know, it just, it just <laughs> happened that way. You're right. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> this is where you tell me about your vacation Tim. <laughs> is it do i have to no i'm just kidding uh no uh vacation was great actually so we took uh a full week and a half off to go up to a gun quit um for those of you who don't know my family uh still resides in maine i lived in maine for a while never went to a gun quit once uh moved to boston met my wife uh, a few months later and they had been vacationing in a gun quit for like 25 some odd years leading up to that. So I've been going with them now for uh, the last, I think, uh, man, I don't even know how many years we're on. Uh, nine, 10 years. So it's been great. Took a couple extra days off on the other side to go up and see my grandmother who moved from the West Coast uh, to Maine. Uh, she lives up in, I mean, she bought a crazy house in Oxford Hills that I didn't even know existed in Oxford. Uh, and then just downsized to a place out on the Lewiston Green Line. Uh, shot over to see my grandmother a little bit. And then on the way back, we stopped uh, at the place we got married. Stayed at a hotel qu- close by. Let my kids swim in the uh, hotel pool for uh, very important two full, full, two full days. Let them, you know, feel a little bit like vacation was still going. Did he pee uh, in the pool? He did not be in the pool. Like I missed opportunity. He, he has been in the uh in a lake and in an ocean and will refuse to go to the bathroom in the water. Has to get out and go to the bathroom no matter what. I mean, I guess it's a good thing that you, you want won't to even do in the shower. Yeah, sometimes. You, you, yeah, you want to teach your kid that, but it's a bad thing when he. You know, just just let him know. All adults do it. Okay. Yeah, he's he's been in the shower and I'm like, but he's got daddy. I go to party. I'm like, let it go, man. He's gonna go right down the drain. He's like, uh. <laughs> Uh, no, it was good. Did a bunch of fishing. Didn't do a lot of anything really. Got out for some golf. Played, you know, mediocre. I had to rent some clubs. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, super wet course. We dodged all the bad weather that Southern Maine got. Uh, it, like, went south of us and north of us. But where we were, it was pretty nice the entire week. We actually had a couple of days in the in the 70s and 80s that were sunny, even though everywhere around us was getting dumped on. Uh, Connecticut. The weather alerts we were getting were insane. It was every single day there was uh, flash flood warnings and uh, severe thunderstorm warnings. There's a couple tornado warnings that came through while we were on. So it sounded like 
the nothing was ripping through Connecticut the whole time we were gone. But uh, all in all, great trip. Got sick when I got back. Thought I had the Rona, uh, you know, for the second go round. Uh, just that just came back negative uh, today. But the last four days, five days have been absolutely miserable. Um, for those of you who can hear it in my voice, I'm still kind of kicking it a little bit. Um, but all in all, it was a much much needed break. I'm uh, I'm refreshed. I'm revitalized. I'm ready to get back into it. Yeah, as Tim would say, my body's ready. Oh, and I got. One other thing to show. Hang, hang, hang on, hang on. Uh oh, uh oh. What's what's he gonna do? Usually, folks, when when Tim does something like this, it's like the most trolly troll thing ever. He either has like a white whale beer that he that he found, or you know, there, there's that one time he actually showed me the uh, the jersey of, of DeKalen Metcalf that he bought because he lost a bet. But I don't think this is one of those things. I think it's gonna be another beer. Oh, <laughs> he's got a hand. Oh my goodness. Uh, before the end of summer, we'll have to do an entire podcast wearing our hats. One hundred percent. Yep. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I got my own, my own little, uh, my own little fishing hat now. There you go. Surf shop and uh, up in a gun quit. My wife doesn't think I'm ever going to wear it, so now I got to wear it all the time out of spite. I'll yeah. be out mowing the lawn, wearing yeah. it. I'll mm-hmm. be uh, fishing. You got Everything. it. It saves yeah. the shoulders. Yeah. Chelsea you know. Chelsea did the same thing. <laughs> you know, when we we also went on vacation, we went to uh, Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. For my wife's birthday, so we got an Airbnb out there. We did a little river float, uh, rented a limo, went into a nice dinner, drank a lot of champagne, got nice and hungover. Went to a winery the next day. We were all like really strug city, and uh, and then we had some friends that uh, had a a condo, beach house, mm-hmm. nice vacation rental, something there up in uh, Bethany Beach. Shout out to Cora Mayor. So we we went up there and we were up there for the week. So we did we a whole bunch of friends. Oh yeah. In low right. places, high places, west places, east places, my places, your places, the whole the whole shebang. Um, came back, worked for exactly one day, and then it was Virginia to California, California to Oregon, Oregon to Washington, Washington back to Virginia. And for work, it was a lot of fun. Super, nice. super good time. Um, very excited. Very excited. Nice. Uh, everyone seems to be traveling again now. I had to wear like a mask the entire time. And there was like, yeah. come on, just... If you're wearing a mask, just put it over your damn nose. Like I just it drives me nuts when I see people wearing a mask, but it's like purposely under their nose. Like that's where this the the, yeah. the plumes of the spores or whatever the of the corona is gonna come out from. That yeah. that nose, those two pathways. And so and yeah. it's the people who are wearing the mask under their nose, they don't have tiny noses either. They have honkers. We're talking like gonzo yeah. noses, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, back to these beers. <laughs> On to the beers. Yeah, uh, let, let me let me start this off. Right. Um, when I left Washington State, uh, you know, five years ago now, four score and an extra year ago, I was I was just like, man, I'm like going to Virginia, a lot of professional opportunities. I'm told there's like some good beer scene there. And to be honest, there was a good beer scene here. It's not the same as Washington State, though. It just isn't. There's a special little place down the road from our apartment called Rainier Growlers, right? 30 taps. Um, you could bring in your own outside food. There was games. And I just remember the first time I went there, because Chelsea told me about it. She's like, oh, I drove by the other day on Meridian, and I saw this, this place called Rainier Growlers. Like, you should check it out. So I did. Popped in there one Friday night in 2014, 2015. And I was like, wow, this place is pretty cool. Run by two brothers, Ben and Eric Chase. Uh, nice, friendly staff. Good, good, reasonably priced beer. And they make these paninis. They have like a, like a menu of like six paninis that they they make, and I I would get a turkey bacon with no chipotle mayo. I would get that shit 
every time I went in there. No uh, chipotle mayo. Hold on. No, no chipotle mayo. Yep. Just what, tomato. Why? Tomato, bacon, cheddar jack cheese, and you know, put it on the grill. It was. I don't know. I don't Wait, know. You do no. Hold on. This is another side. Right? You do no toppings on your like no mayo, no nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. I'm a psycho, but uh... you are <laughs> as white as white gets. I just need you to know that. <laughs> Hey, I don't Carry put raisins in my potato salad, Karen. Okay, so uh, uh, Rep wow. Chapman Grossman. Anyways, so I happened one one of these random nights, right? And I would always like talk to people like that at the bar. The cool thing about Rainier Growlers has this nice concrete slab top of the bar. It's like a U shaped bar. It's awesome. Plenty of seats, and the seats have these like little these little bottom rungs that extend past like where the the legs are, so you can just hang your feet to the outside. You don't have to like crush your feet on the inside of the chair. Sounds silly. But I'm, I'm telling you, it's pretty great to just like kind of put your foot on the chair. And I heard this couple next to me talking about The Bachelor. Mm. And I had had a couple. Okay. I was Ubering home that night. And I was just like, don't like you, you see the, the, the progressive commercial with Flo when they're at the beach. And she's like, we're not going to talk about work. And then she's like, oh, uh, uh, oh, it's the bundle. Right. Like yeah. I was like sitting there and I'm just like, like the, the gif of that guy from airplane when he's like sweating bullets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, this season of The Bachelor is like, it's like really good. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. And I just went, yeah, I just turned and say, you know, actually, it's not a great season this year. And then they're like, what? And I just, I just totally interrupted their conversation. And long story short, we became great friends. Casey, Nikki Martins, uh, Handy Hand, Tully, everyone there at Rainier Growlers. Um, and we went back and, and it basically every Friday until we moved. Um, I, I met them there for beers and paninis on Friday nights. So I hadn't been back in like five years. And I just happened to be swinging by for work. And it's it's not close. Like, it's like an hour or so yeah. drive. Um, and, you know, I, I finished up with work and I hop in the car. And I-5 traffic is no joke, man. It is horrendous. And I'm sitting mm-hmm. in I-5 traffic. And I don't have enough people in the car to go HOV. So I'm I'm like playing with real traffic here. And it's mm-hmm. 40 miles away. And I'm just looking at the the ways, um, you know, thing on my card. It's just like, you'll be there an hour and 20. I'm just happy as a pig and shit, man. I'm just like, I'm going back to Rainier Grouse for the first time in five years. I told the the, the guy um, there at the bar, uh, Ben, one of the co-owners, I said, hey, man, I'm going to be in town. I'm going to swing through. I brought him a bottle of beer. I gave him the uh, the the barley wine from Barreled Souls. Um, you son of a bitch. Uh, yep, I sure did. Yep, give I, that for me. I flew it all, all the way there, man. He, he, Ben's a big barley wine fan. So I walk in, and wouldn't you know it, Ben's behind the bar. Monica, someone who's behind the bar five years ago, she's behind the bar. And then, like, we both all kind of look at each other, and they're like, oh, my God. And we're like, yes. And I had, long story short, long story long, I, I had a couple pints. It was great. And I got that turkey bacon panini. Ben hooked me up with some beers, and this beer is the one I'm going to be drinking. This is a fantastic beer. Okay, so I've just I've just taken a few minutes really to talk about this, but there 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 are just these awesome beers that you can only get on the West Coast. I just don't know if it's distributing um, distribution that doesn't work. But look mm-hmm. at this, Sticky Hands by Block 15 out of Corvallis, Oregon. He's, First, he's doing it again where he holds it up off screen. <laughs> There you go, Tim. <laughs> look at it. You see it. He's like, look how beautiful this can is right here. Do you see it? It's so nice. Look at the colors. Like the artistry on this is fantastic. So excited. So excited. Um, <laughs> the the can art is um, okay. Let me put it in front of my face. I bet that's why oh, you do go. it, okay. just so you don't have to look at my face when I'm putting a pot here. But as you can see, couple hands, hot flowers, right. just pours an excellent straw golden color. 
Mm, 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 mm. Now, I haven't had this beer in five years. So whatever I gave it for a rating before, we're not going to count because obviously it was on the pre-sliding scale. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, look at this thing. It is beautiful. You can, tell Sam and I, uh, you can tell Sam and I have missed this because uh, we can't stop long-winded stories and we haven't even started the actual. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yep. <laughs> this, this is incredible. Look, offering a luscious blend of flavor and drinkability, this hop experience ale features ample additions of sticky, lupulin-packed hops grown in the Pacific Northwest. The result is an aromatic blast of citrus, tropical fruit, and dank herb that transitions into resinous hop flavor. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Here we go. I'm just going to do one sip. I'm not even going to smell twice. All right. Tim, do you like cotton candy? Uh, Yeah. 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 If, if, if there was an IPA flavored cotton candy, this would be it. Okay. So, so much hot powder that's in this thing. Um, just nice, sticky, sweet. The resin is definitely there. Oh, man. This is a 4-3 out the gate. 4-3? Oh, right. yeah. Woo! Cheers to Ben. <laughs> All right, so I'm doing uh, Conehead from Zero Gravity. I know it's not, uh, you know, any sort of, like, whale or any of those crazy style beers. It's an all-citra beer made with uh, Pilsner malt and some American wheat. Um, it's, I was looking for something uh that was a little bit on the lighter side but still had some of that like kind of more west coast style i think this actually falls kind of a little bit in between uh it's brewed and hopped up like a uh uh you know a normal hazy ipa but uh, there's literally zero haze to this thing so um i don't know why they uh uh describe it as having i mean i guess you could say it's it's a haze like when the wildfire smoke comes brushing through, but not haze like a New England style IPA. Because look at that. It literally looks like a Los Angeles skyline. Uh, yeah. And let me tell you, I've seen that shit up close. Yeah. Oh, so Rolls I, in. I, I say that not uh, necessarily jokingly. I'm saying that uh, for anybody who is uh, on the East Coast over the last two weeks, Sam, I don't know if you saw it because you were, uh, I don't know how far south it went. Our entire coast was blanketed in what looked like Los Angeles smog. Mm. Like I left our hotel. It happened like overnight. I left our hotel and everything was hazy like that summer haze. Yeah. But you could smell it. And I thought there was a fire somewhere close by. I even asked the guy who was outside having a cigarette. I'm like, is this like summer haze or is there a fire somewhere? He's like, I don't even know. And it wasn't until... We were uh, driving like an hour later, and I happened to look up the weather and see that there was a, a advisory for um, the Low air quality. quality. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was not a uh, that was not necessarily a joke. That was because now we all out here see what that I knew what it looks like. That's what I had equated it to when I first um, when I first saw it. But that's what Los Angeles looks like almost the entire summer. Yeah. Not because of that's because of smog, but um, yeah, I would say like it has that sort of like, like yeah, like a, like a granular, like it just it just it's just fuzzy a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a New England hazy IPA, if you will. But anyway, not to the letter of the law, no. But we're okay. 
It's good. It's good. It uh sometimes when you see the all citra, they tend to lean a little bit onto the grapefruit side. Uh this one's pretty mild in terms of that grapefruit sort of punch. It's got a little bit of the bitter, you know, back end as it sort of falls off a little bit, but I think the Pilsner malt kind of keeps it light, keeps it uh, you know, it's a very refreshing beer. Uh this one has obviously been sitting on my desk for, you know, 25 minutes unopened since we started rambling 25 minutes ago so if this thing was like crisp and cold and out of the fridge it drinks a lot like a lager because of the the malt profile that's in there but with some good west coast style maybe middle of the road not too west not too northeast somewhere it's the missouri right in the middle it's the missouri yeah. of hazy ipas mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good it's very I hate when people say crushable, very drinkable. Um, I could have a ton of these. Like if I were out somewhere, I mean, it's five, 5.7%. Yeah, 5.7%. So you could have a few of these without, you know, crushing your palate or crushing, you know, your brain the next morning with a hangover. But uh, yeah, I'm going to give this one uh, like a three, nine. Well, wow. I actually gave it a three, six. Wow. I, uh, it's not often that happens. I really like it. I'm I'm kind of in my in, in kind of a weird space when it comes to beer now. Yeah, where I'm starting a lot to of gravitate. IPAs lately. A lot I'm starting of to gravitate more towards like lighter style beers. I either want to go dark, dark, and have a stout. Not not even necessarily like a pastry stout, but like a real dark stout. Or um, I'm looking on the lighter side, like lighter IPAs. There's another beer in the fridge that my wife got me. Uh, it's Fairway from Thomas Hooker Brewing. Mm-hmm. that's another one that's meant to be drank wider on the golf course like it's another ipa that's on the lighter side so you can you can go out and crush a ton of them and they go down almost like a more flavorful lager without being like too heavy and too dense but this is one of those this is really good fantastic well those are the beers uh if you're on the west coast best coast you've definitely heard of block 15 before if you're from the pacific northwest they make a lot of great ipas you gotta find them especially sticky hands uh sticky hands is one of those beers that like hits distro like the day it's canned, which is amazing. So you can you can always find beers on the shelf from Block 15 that are from like that day or the last week. And you, mm-hmm. you just don't usually see that. Um, Conehead, Zero Gravity also makes great beer. So go find those. Yeah. All right, Tim. We have spent 25 minutes talking about vacations, beers, getting back uh, in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. I think we're there. I feel like the juices are flowing now. Yeah. Let's act like totally irrational American sports fans. Not that we haven't already, but okay. um, but so. we're into the second week of the Olympics. And uh, I don't know about you, but my my freedom flag's flying every, every goddamn day. And we may <laughs> not have the most gold medals, but we damn sure have the most. And I just want to finish this up with USA, USA, USA. Because we once every four years, we just got to prove that we're the best in the world at every single sports discipline. And, don't worry, um, don't worry, everybody. I'm I'm cringing at that for you. <laughs> Carry on, Sam. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. Look, this 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 Olympics has given us a lot of firsts, right? Yeah. This these are all I pulled from USA Today, so I'll just give you a couple random ones. All right. Yep. Katie Ledecky, first woman swimmer, U.S. woman swimmer to earn to earn six individual gold medals over her career. That's like yep. Michael Phelps stuff, right? Uh, Philippines weightlifter Hilden Diaz becomes her country's first Olympic gold medalist, winning the women's 55 kilogram. Fencer Edgar Chiung Ka Long bring homes, brings home Hong Kong's first gold 
since the territories hand over to China in 1977, which in fencing, I mean, if you watch fencing, it's, it's a really, it's very, very interesting. But now people are rushing to go to fencing school because of this young lady. Uh, let's see. 20-year-old Will Shaner won the first U.S. gold in the men's 10-meter air rifle. We were killing it in shooting medals all weekend, which is exactly what I would expect. One of the countries with the most guns in the world. Uh, you know, if we don't win those medals, like, you know, skeet and trap, I'm, I'm feeling a little, I feel a little scared about our place <laughs> in the world, but I'm, I'm pretty, feeling pretty good. Japan's 13-year-old Momiji Nishaya became the first gold medalist in women's street skateboarding and Japan's youngest ever Olympic medalist. 13 years of age. Mm-hmm. You know what I was doing at 13? Skateboarding. You know what I wasn't doing? Skateboarding very good. <laughs> so <laughs> for her to compete on the Olympic level, that's insane. Let's let's take it back. Lydia Jacoby, 17 years old, from Seaward, Alaska. First to win gold for U.S. women's swimming team and the first Alaskan to win gold in swimming. That's amazing. So I, I think what's even more amazing is the name of that town. Seaward. Yeah, because whenever uh, there's words I need to say, sometimes I'll just say uh, <laughs> that exact phrase. Like, oh, she's such a C-word. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We mean, we mean no disrespect to Alaska whatsoever. No, 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 no. But uh, the name is amazing. Yeah. Th- th- this is this is the crazy thing, right? And there, there are many more first. And I'll go over a couple more before we talk about some records. Um, just imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Katie Ledecky owns 24 of the 25 last record times in, I believe, the 800 meter or the 1500 meter. She owns all of those times. She's, she's a titan. And then she won a silver medal because this 19-year-old from Australia, Ariane Titmus, um, beat her down the stretch in this one race. And then she didn't medal another race, but she came back and won gold again. Like, she's already talking about trying to swim in the next Olympics. She's putting herself in just a league of her own. And then for a 17-year-old to -hmm. come in gold medal at the Olympics, that shit is what we live for in the Olympics. That's why you watch it. Mm -hmm. Sidious, Altius, Fortis, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Something else here. Anna Kiesenhofer of Austria won the women's cycling road race to capture her nation's first Olympic gold medal in 125 years. Cycling on the road. If you watch Tour de France, you really have to get into it, okay? Let me break this down for you right quick. Kiesenhofer broke away from the main group with two other riders. She dropped both of those riders. They came back to the pack. She kept going. She led the rest of the race. This is insane when you think about in competitive cycling. You have a team. You have people that will break the wind for you. You have, you have a vehicle that supports and all this other stuff. She did it by herself. She led the rest of the race. She gutted it out. There was so much distance between her and the eventual silver medalist that when the silver medalist came across the line, she thought she won. Yeah. And then her coach had to break it to her that, nah, you didn't win. And she's like, who, yeah. who, who won? Like the group came back to us and they're like, yeah, two out of the three came back to you. But the third <laughs> one did not. Like that's the worst. That has oh, to be the absolute worst. Deal. Just, just amazing, absolutely amazing. Watching it live and to, to like witness the yeah. like extreme excitement followed by like the disappointment. Still, you know, somewhat happy that uh, you came in and meddled, um, but knowing you got beat that bad, yeah, the 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 the, the disappointment was evident. Xander Shoffley, gold medal, mm-hmm. golf, mm. pretty big deal, right? You know, had had a had a razor thin like lead there towards the end. Um, obviously, the the things that took all the uh, the attention away from golf were the fact that you know Bryson and, and Ron both tested positive for COVID. But Xander, phew, 
put the hammer down. I, I, I was happy, yep. happy as hell to see that. U.S. women's basketball, three by three. New Olympic sport this year. We get a medal. Surfing, new, new sport this year. We get a medal. Skateboarding, new this year. We have a couple of Americans. We get a medal. Like, there were so many good things that happened in the first week of Olympics, and we're continuing to get to my favorite part, which is going on right now. That's track and field, and we're racking up some medals as well. How's the power walking doing? No, I'm not watching that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Anyways, all right, let's talk about some records. The tiny European nation of San Marino, population 34,000, became the smallest country to medal at the Games with a bronze for Alessandra Perilli in women's trap shooting. And again, these are all from USA Today. Um, The 2021... Tokyo Games are the first to be gender balanced with 49% women competing, according to the IOC, Olympic International Committee. Um, men and women swam in the first Olympic race together as a mixed gender medley relay. Speaking of swimming, United States men, 400 individual medley relay team. This is how many times they've won this race, okay? 1960, 64, 68, 72, 76, 84, 88, 92, 96, 2000, 2004, 2008, 2012, 2016, and 2020, baby. Woo, woo, woo. That, that would not have been even crazier, except if you watched the race, knowing that they were facing down a Titan team of Great Britain. And mm-hmm. on the turn for the last stretch, they looked like they might not even get caught at all. Going up against some of the fastest swimmers in the world. Just absolutely incredible. Now, no fans are in the stands except for um, other people like coaches and other teammates of the, of the delegations that are sent there. I got to admit, it got a little hairy there in the beginning because we were not picking up paces. This was the first Olympics, Olympics since the 1972 Olympics where the U.S. didn't score a medal on the first day. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's just – that could be a lot of things, right? Like we, we, we should have done this a year ago, really. I think the pandemic, we're, we're still just as, I guess – under the gun now with the Delta variant that's spreading as we would have been there uh, in the midst of a second wave. But I understand why they, why they delayed it. Um, it is weird to see, you know, no fans of the stands because you're hearing the announcers and they're definitely screaming. They're like yelling. They're super into it. Cause you know, the sports have been away for a long time and, and this is a very, very big event, but man, happy as hell about it. <laughs> I might be hella working more often than usual this week. <laughs> I just, I just want to point that out. <laughs> Yeah, it's been crazy. It, it's funny to see the um, the quality of diversity and skill that exists in the PGA, where you open up. There's a lot of qualifying that has to go on in order for uh, a golfer in any professional capacity to make it to a PGA event. So when you get to the Olympics, it kind of opens that up a little bit wider so that you have some folks who might compete that you might not otherwise see because either they don't have the funds, the sponsorship, or whatever else to make it to that point. But to still see the leaderboard in the Olympics just smattered with all the same players you see from the PGA goes to show you that there's, you know, in an individual sport, uh, that is where, you know, the the, the PGA isn't like, um, it's not like the MLB or the NFL, where we say we have the best talent from or we call ourselves all over the world. 
Yeah. It's not one of those types of, of programs where we say we're world champions or we say we have, you know, MLB is probably the closest to that because I, you know, I've never actually looked, but I'm going to bet that the amount of uh, U.S. players versus international players is probably somewhat balanced, if not more, on the international side. Um, but the PGA is one of those that is individual and made up of people from all over the planet, which is why we have, you know, we still have to have our, our American pride, which is why we have the Ryder Cup, which is just the U.S. versus, you know. <laughs> the world. The England world, and, uh, Yeah. Um, but this, it, 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 does, it does show that the, of all of the athletic programs that are out there, and this isn't a conversation about whether or not golf is a sport or, or the athleticism hey, involved in golf, but it does go to show that the PJ does represent the best golfers in the entire world, bar none. At the Olympics, look at that leaderboard, and you'll recognize the first like 40 names that you see on there. You've seen them at least. There's a couple that kind of – got mixed in there that that performed pretty well but overall at least in like the top 10 most of those guys you've heard of which means they're doing what they exactly what they're meant to do as far as professional golf goes so i thought that was kind of cool to see shout out for us taking it oh yeah i know right that was fantastic that was absolutely great uh sports i didn't know existed until this version of the olympics downhill canoeing did you know you that? are the sec you were the second person that <laughs> said you, that to me. Did you know this was a thing? Canoe, I did not know this was a thing. The canoe and kayak slalom? Yes, the yeah, the, the slaloms. Where they're, they're like, like they have to you have to go around the gates. If they touch a gate, it's a it's a tenth of a second penalty. And if And then they go back upstream. Yes, they have to go upstream. Yes, yes, it, yes. It is, you were the second person that sent that to me because uh because at work I talked to somebody about uh kayaking and mm -hmm. uh fishing all the time. Yeah. So he started kayaking. He's like, bro. Have you seen this thing? And you can actually, I think it was called urban kayaking, but like Red Bull's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, of course. And I've seen some of those races. Um, but to see like the the athletes that are doing it now, I that is an, it, complete insanity. If anybody who's ever been in a kayak and has tried to row across the lake as fast as they can, <laughs> it is insane. It is insane. <laughs> then you got to do that, and you got to come back against the like a, yeah. a deluge of water. Yeah, I cannot imagine what the core of those human beings must be. Just especially solid rock. You see them like dip, dodge, duck, and dive in to not like touch the gates because if they happen to brush a gate, it's like a, it's a penalty deduction. But if they move a gate, it's a fifty-second deduction. And some of these people are rowing as hard as they can for a hundred seconds, which is pretty insane to think about. Because the amount of body control you have to have going, again, down a moving, I mean, it's man-made, but down a moving man-made river, and then go upstream, it's just, just, it's just bananas. I also watched badminton. I know that you had said, like, if you could replace one sport, and I was like, take badminton out there. I said a couple episodes ago, I didn't watch race walking. I caught badminton. I'm like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable enough to say I would replace race walking with badminton. But badminton is fierce, man. There, there is a lot, lot, lot that's going on. Archery, the air rifle, the shooting sports, judo, everything. There's just the only thing I don't like about the coverage this year is the fact that like it's split across so many channels. You know what I mean? I need there mm -hmm. to be like a fourteen ninety nine Olympic package where you could just download the app. Give your TV provider information, and then you can just pick whatever events you want to watch. Because 
it's very hard to stay up because they're they're so far ahead of us. It's very hard to stay up and like you know catch a qualifying round at three in the morning. You just don't feel like doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we're seeing these things that are happening in prime time, but they're really just coverages from stuff that's already happened. So I'm spending yep. more time on Twitter on the Olympics channel, watching clips and seeing everyone else report on the things that are happening. Then I am watching the sport. I'm not really a fan of that. I mean, I am watching the track and field as live as I possibly can. I've been following men's basketball, women's national team, uh, soccer, right? Been following those types of events, but man, we're, we got a missed opportunity here. Just give us, because it only happens once every four years. Just give us an Olympics package. Shit, charge me $39.99, 50 bucks. I, I probably pay that, to be honest. You know I mean? it's, it's once every yeah. four years, you know? Yeah. I, I would I would probably pay for that to have that kind of stuff on demand. So, you know, streaming rights gods out there, go ahead, listen up and, and do something with that. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. While while you're doing that, I was just trying to see if I was correct in my uh my my golf analysis. And uh here's here's the names from the top ten. In in the top four are in order of medalers. Or the top three, I guess. You have uh Shoffley. Obviously he won gold. We already talked about that. Roy Sabatini was silver, C.T. Pan. He's somewhat, I would say, lesser known, but still a PGA golfer who has a victory under his belt. Uh, he came in seventh at the 2020 Masters, I think it was. Um, Hideki Matsui uh, yeah. was fourth. Loki, I was like, Ro- I was really cheering for him. Mm. But then I saw Xander, I was like pulling ahead. I was like, <laughs> USA, USA. Yeah, and then he had like... Um, you had a couple finish uh, fourth. You had Roy McIlroy, uh, Paul Casey, um, Sebastian Munoz, uh, Sunjay M, Justin Thomas. They were all like tied for 22nd. So the names, as you work down the list through, they're all recognizable PGA golfers. Or if not fully recognizable, they are names who like people who have placed. If you are a PGA fan, you've seen them. So, yeah. Um, Stuff so, very very cool, fantastic stuff, and it was a beautiful course. It was great weather, and yeah. I, I think I think that's that's been the that's been a great thing too. Like a couple of track and field events have been done in like driving rain, which as a runner, you, I mean, you just got to deal with that shit, right? But everything else, it's like been inside. Oh, handball, handball. Have you ever seen handball before? Yeah, it's like a European yeah, sport. Like Chelsea, now we got we got uh, you know we got we got some avocado toast and some eggs, and we're you know <laughs> we're we're watching on the weekend, and we're like, oh, let's see what's in the Olympics, and mm, we're watching slalom kayak and then handball and Charles is like i think handball could be on my sport and i'm like looking at him like i'm not saying you can't do it because i believe in you baby but <laughs> this is this is the thing you got to grow up playing you know what i mean and she's like no because yeah. it's like basketball and uh i mean just kind of like a little bit of rugby too like the, the amount of the amount of non-calls that happen in a handball game for people like yeah. straight up getting mugged that would be called fouls in the nba is astounding i uh, i i'm always blown away by water polo yes I, I I tried to I tried in the pool with my kid <laughs> at the at the and hotel. You, you threw I tried out to, the mark. Yeah, I threw him completely out of the out of the water. <laughs> I tried uh I tried seeing if I could just keep myself uh like stationary mm-hmm. while treading water. No, that shit is hard. Uh, <laughs> I like I could, but the moment I had to like go for a ball. It was game over. Like I'm also, uh, like a, like a freak to, uh, of nature when it comes to the fact that I can't float on my oh, back. Okay, all right. I didn't know where you were going with that because usually when you hear freak, freak of nature, it's like you know super fast forty time. 
unbelievable no, no, for, no, no. for long jump. No, no, no. Like I've okay. I've had uh, I've had plenty of people try to teach me the how to float on your back, and it I I cannot. Like well, you probably tilt your head forward because you don't nope. want your ears to go. I've tried literally everything. I'm like I'm gonna drown here for the sake of trying it. I put my head back, <laughs> my chest up, the invisible string from my belly holding me up, like all of those things, and literally. I'll go like this, and then my feet sink first, and then it pulls the rest of my body down every single yeah. time. Yeah. I cannot get my legs to stay afloat. They're just too dense. Yeah, I can't either, but yeah, I don't know why know it is. is. I, so your I'm, I'm sure must be too big, but mine aren't, so I don't know what the problem is there. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that is uh, that is 100% what it is that's uh, that's preventing me from pursuing my water polo careers that my, yeah. I can't float. That's Probably, all. yeah. <laughs> no, just anyways, th- this is the thing. By the time you hear this episode, we're going to be a few days away from the uh, the closing ceremony, and you need to be watching. It's on the NBC Sports Network. Um, there's obviously stuff on NBC. There's stuff on um, USA. There's stuff on TNT. Uh, there's stuff on the Peacock app, which happens every single night. So you can see as many of those events as possible. And, of course, you can look mm-hmm. on the World Wide Web. It'll tell you when the events are going to happen. Yep. Stay up. Watch some events. That the thing, I, I mean, I was kind of like a rabid dog earlier when I'm howling USA, but I think one of the things that that brings together people the most and why I was really bummed we didn't have the Olympics in 2020 was because yep. the world was going through just a, a just a shit show, right? And then we brought sports back in a bubble, and I I thought the Olympics can be done the same way. No fans, everyone gets tested or vaccinated before they get there. You do testing, and and that would have been fine. There have been a couple COVID scares so far in the Olympic Games. People have had alternates that have had to step in for them. But the reality is we've dealt with this pandemic for so long. We know how to minimize most of its effects. And we learned a lot of the same lessons now that we learned 12 months ago. And I think we really could have had the Olympics then. And I think it would have been a huge point of national pride. It's always a point of national pride. When I say go USA, I'm not saying it in a racist manner. I'm not saying USA is the best and everyone else in the world just sucks or they're inferior. I'm just saying for that one time, Every four years, I get to cheer on like a fucking maniac for a 17-year-old from Seaward, Alaska, whose life is never going to be the same. And whoever, whoever little punk ass wants to ask her to the prom, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's going to be very difficult for him because she's an Olympian. Or uh, someone like Katie Ledecky, who's a titan. Or someone like Michael Phelps, who's now commentating, but has been a, a mainstay. Or Allison Phoenix, who's been to five Olympics and has nine medals. Like there's just so much history that goes on with the Olympics and America has a great history with it. And it's very important for that one time every four years for everyone to just shut up and get together, which of course, Tim, that didn't happen this year. No, never does. No. Uh, Simone Biles Mm -hmm. happened to step away from some of the events. Um, She said she needed to take some time to work on her mental health. I said she was suffering from the twisties, which is a condition. Um, where gymnasts don't understand where they are when they're twisting and flipping in the air. They're disoriented, um, especially not able to figure out where they are. Um, every gymnast gets it. Uh, commentator Nasia Lukin, who's a former gymnast, said that she anticipates around 90% of gymnasts suffer from this, this condition at some point in their career. Um, so Simone said she's going to step away. She'll focus on her mental health and Mm-hmm. What do you think the internet did? Was the internet like, oh, we understand. Thank you for the 32 medals in you know, the Olympics and in, in the international competitions that you've won for us. Thank you for you know, starting a second dynasty of American dominance in gymnastics. No, of course not. No. We didn't do that. They, they went full angry white guy. Of course they did. And a lot of angry white guys had a whole bunch of shit to say about how this was 
a problem with woke America and how athletes are talking about mental health to kind of get out of doing things. Look, this is insane. This is absolutely insane. If you're one of those people who's sharing the video of Olympian Carrie Shrug from the 1996 Olympics doing the vault when she had a broken ankle and comparing that to what Simone Biles is doing right now, you're doing neither woman a good service, right? Shrug has two medals. Biles has 30-something. That, that's not good. Both of them are they're titans in their own right. And, and Strug was part of the Magnificent Seven. She has a place in history. Biles has vaults that are named after her because of her abilities, right? Simone wanted to compete and represent the United States. And a lot of people are missing, I think, what's probably the most crucial part of all this. Anyone who's lamenting on Simone Biles' mental health right now forgets about the fact that she was sexually abused by Larry Nasser from Team USA Gymnastics, and still competed on the world and Olympic stage and won us medals, put that to the side and mentally was strong enough to go ahead and bring home the hardware for us. Yeah. So I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear any of this. I don't want to hear any of it. Yeah. And not to mention that the, the vaults that she's doing are so much more complex than what people have been doing up to this point. And so much more dangerous. Yeah. If you're in a situation where you're literally bolting yourself and throwing yourself three times in a circle while rotating twice and you have no idea where you're going to land imagine what it would look like if she completely misjudged it and came straight down on her face or her head or any other part of her body right i mean I, i think more importantly what a lot of the angry folks who are out there are not taking into account is the fact that one it's not like she's a salaried employee who's getting paid to show up. She pay, yep. she gets paid for uh, competing. competing. She gets paid for for winning medals. Um, but also, she's part of a team, yeah. right? So her backing out doesn't mean that we're no longer competing in that event in the Olympics. Yeah. You have a handful of other Olympic quality gymnasts who are part of that team who went on to compete, who went out and won gold and won <laughs> gold. That's <laughs> that. That's insane, right? The team is so stacked. And for someone of Biles' character to say, I need to work on me, I'm going to step away. Yeah. And the, the team USA having the foresight to say, yo, five can score, but we got seven that are straight pipe hitters. They're going to kill. And they are killing. Biles is essentially dealing with what she's got to deal with in the stands and watching people compete and earn medals. That's even harder. Yeah, she's done everything she possibly could. She's put the country literally on her back. When Bill Maher and Dan Crenshaw are talking about how they support you on the internet, people who are you know not definitely socially liberal, you have to you have to wake up, America. You can't be aggravated about these types of things. She's put the country on her back many times. We wouldn't be the the place that we're in in America right now without the efforts of Simone Biles. And if you don't think she's the goat in gymnastics, I would encourage you to go to Google, Wikipedia, watch a whole bunch of YouTube videos, and get with the fucking program. Because while we're seeing the people that are going to be coming up behind her, if she does compete in 2024, she still will have done things that no one else in the sport has ever done. Right. I mean, when Tiger Woods took time off because he was going through some shit with his marriage and his personal life, 
was everybody this outraged and upset? No, there seems to be an awful lot of pissed off white guys yeah, who are piercing. who are who know a lot about gymnastics all of a sudden and really give a shit. Couldn't, uh, couldn't, couldn't stay on the balance beam if they were paid a million dollars. The, the the importance of mental health in gymnastics is really important for a lot of uh, angry white folks across America. I mean, it's it is it's an embarrassment. Like, yeah, she first of all, she shouldn't have to come out and tell us why she's backing out if she doesn't want to she should just come out and say i'm not fit to compete i'm going to put someone in who is capable of doing it the fact that she said it's uh, a mental health problem and the stigma around rental health is just it's just asinine it doesn't doesn't matter she just didn't feel like she was capable of competing to a high level would you have awarded her more praise would you have literally rained down your gracious uh, praises on her if she went out and then you found out after the fact that she had this no you wouldn't give a shit you wouldn't say anything else other than like congrats would you be showing her video 10 years from now to someone else who said that they were having issues no you wouldn't give a shit you're comparing somebody who went out and had a fractured ankle who then broke their ankle on the on a vault to somebody who literally has advanced the sport in the most technical way in terms of tricks speed velocity rotations yeah. all of that yeah uh it is it's just not the same comparison it's uh, it it's it's ridiculous that it's even a, a thing you're taking these young women you have osaka who got it first when she's like look yep. i'm not fit to compete right now and whatever they even came after her when she lit the cauldron they're like oh you couldn't compete in the open but but you could light the cauldron yeah, fuck face. Uh, if someone offered me the chance to light the Olympic cauldron, I'm lighting the damn cauldron. Even if I'm even if I'm mentally 100, percent I'm lighting the cauldron. That's a once in a lifetime uh, thing. It's so hard to compete on the international level. It's so hard to be a champion in these things, and it's even harder to get back a second or a third time. And yeah. We're just conditioned to believe because we have great athletes that if they don't do it, they're fucking failures. It's like it, no. It's because we we've sort of put this stigma on athletes as people who sit our fat asses home on the couch watching people compete on tv oh yeah thinking that we have some sort of like say and they owe something to us like osaka is the age of like most of these people who are complaining their daughter right yeah. she's not that much older than a lot of these people simone biles she's also young as well she's 24 she they don't owe anything to anybody at all like we yep. have no business in saying what they should or shouldn't do, whether they can compete or can you take a care day and you think people at your office are bitching and moaning because, you know, some guy 10 years ago came in with a broken finger and still typed out all of his reports. No, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're talking about sports. We're not talking about world leaders. We're not talking about, you know, things that have bearing on your day to day life It's enter. At the end of the day, all of this is about entertainment. These people have chosen a life to provide entertainment to you at home. And if they feel like they can't do that at a high level, we shouldn't have any questions as to why they don't want to. But if you ever uh, want to know why they're choosing to back away, yeah, look in the mirror. Look at the shitty things you're saying on the Internet. Self-reflect yep. a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you'll now understand that because douchebags like you guys who are constantly feeling like because you have the Internet, you have to express every last opinion that you have and that you think you're right. You are the reason 
these athletes struggle from mental health disorders because all they're worried about, if I don't go out and perform, what are the shitty people on the internet going to say? What's the media going to say? I have to see 50 million social network posts every day about what my performance was, where I'm at professionally, where I'm at uh, in terms of competition. If Simone Biles went out and fumbled and failed and didn't meddle, you know what we're talking about? How she choked in the Olympics. How maybe her time has come. Maybe she's not the star anymore. Maybe she's lost it. Instead, she said, I can't compete at a high level. I'm going to back off. I'm going to give someone else a chance to compete in my place who might give us an opportunity to medal. And what is did. wrong with that? Yeah. They I, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's complete insanity. The entitlement that sports fans, I mean, we talked about it before in Europe with soccer and the way that they were looking at some of their players when they failed to win a championship, that place turned into a cesspool of racism. When you look at Americans and the way that we treat entertainers, I'm not even going to call them athletes right now. The way we treat entertainers, the people we watch on TV because we're not good enough to do it. And then we have the audacity to judge the way in which they do it. And then if they feel like they can't do it, we give them shit if they don't perform well. We give them shit if they feel like they can't perform. We give them shit if they're injured. The only time we ever celebrate them is if they're winning. And then we only do it for a short amount of time. And then the first time it's we we move on. We are yep. shitty, shitty human beings in terms of the general sports fandom when it comes to these sort of scenarios. It's none of our business at yeah. all. None of our I mean, business. You know what, Tim? The last thing I'll say about this. The United States has an Olympic gold medal in mansplaining. By that, I mean a whole bunch of white dudes talking about what women athletes should or should not be doing on the court, on the track, on the vaults, on the mats. Uh, Biles possesses a crazy amount of mental strength. She's done it to get to where she is today. She's done it to step away during an Olympics and then come back and go ahead and compete in an event and still bring home another medal for the United States. Okay. It takes an insane amount of mental strength to run at something full speed, jump off of it, twist, flip, pretty much blind and land on a precise spot a few seconds later. She shouldn't have to do it on the internet because people are dicks, okay? So we all need to prioritize mental health. This is just how we're going to get by. This is just is why it's super important. If you if this if you're looking at this this thing and this doesn't tell you that we need to have more conversations about mental health. I'm not sure what's going to. They're, these athletes' mental health are a bedrock of their profession. It's how they are able to compartmentalize and get to where they are today. Yeah. We, got, we got to give them a little more leeway. Yeah, I know there's a lot of you, the same assholes who are out there complaining about Simone are the same ones who are like applauding uh, Jordan Spieth. I'm, I'm one of those that's applauding him. The mental struggles he had to get over in his golf game to get back to where he's at. Somehow we're applauding him for overcoming all of those challenges and getting himself back to where he needs to be. When he came out and said, sometimes it's just in your head. It's it's the you get the yips the you can't correct your swing. And now we're like, good for you for you figured it out. You're, you're back competing. Someone else says like, hey, I'm not able to compete. I'm going to, you know, back out of this thing. And we're like, oh, you're weak. And yeah. Your problem, your problem with woke culture in America. Athletes <laughs> in the nineties never did this. Athletes in the nineties got it got hit. Athletes I don't want to hear. 90s, yeah, I don't want to hear any one of you 
make any excuses the next time, you know, and this is, this may be a little bit of a stretch, but anytime there's any sort of, uh, mass violence event in the United States and the gun versus people conversation comes up. I don't want to hear any of this. It's not the gun. It's the lack of, uh, of health and, and mental care. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is a healthcare situation, which we weren't taking care of this person and their mental state. This isn't a, a, a gun problem. You can't have those things uh, mutually exclusive. They're either all the same or they're not. The next time yeah. someone comes out, we're not making any more excuses for that. It's not a mental health problem uh, if, you know, athletes can't also have those same issues. Hundo P. That is to say, obviously, the Sassamere podcast stands firmly behind Simone Biles. And if mm-hmm. you're one of those people who's trolling or, you know, definitely wants to go ahead and put vitriol out there because you think it just makes you feel better at the end of the day, go ahead and direct it to Sassamere podcast. Got plenty of ammunition for your shitty ass false equivalence <laughs> arguments. And we will take you on. So let's let's go. Medal count, China, 32 gold medals. I don't know why they that's how they rank the, the, the total medal count. If you have more gold medals, you're like you're number one overall. They've got 32. Mm-hmm. 21 silver medals, 16 bronze medals for a total of 69. Hey, Rob Gronkowski. Nice. <laughs> United States, 24 gold medals, 28 silver medals, 21 bronze medals for a total of 73. Which to me is kind of like, yo, we're the, we're the fucking best, obviously. Uh, and in third, Japan, 19 gold, 6 silver, 11 bronze. That is going to do it for our Olympics coverage. I think by the next time we talk about this, there will be a few more things we can talk about. I'm sure there will be some world records that have been broken, like uh, Carson Warholm in the men's 400-meter hurdles. Quarter lap around the track, running over 10 hurdles. Did it in under 46 seconds, which is bananas. Seeing the, the Americans got silver in that race. It pretty much broke the world record too, but they mm-hmm. just weren't fast enough to break the new world record. Men's 400 individual medley set a brand new world record because they had to fight off an incredible amount of swimmers. There are just so many great things about the Olympics. If you're not watching them, you're super missing out. Stop paying attention to the tweets about who's woke or not and just watch your fellow countrymen and women. That's the most important thing. And the Bucks are NBA champions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And not even, I don't know, a week after the championship has been awarded, and Larry O'Brien, the MVP, has gone to the Milwaukee Bucks and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, we get into free agency. And free yep. agency is this beautiful time in the National Basketball Association where all these things we've been thinking about now come to fruition. Uh, super teams, big twos, big threes, building benches, building the monsters of rosters, uh, they're all happening. This has been quite the past couple of days thus far. Uh, Chris Paul, he declined his player option for next year. So you're thinking, oh, God, where's he going to go? Then he signs a near Supermax contract mm-hmm. with, with the Suns. That team's going to stay in place. Kawhi, moving on. Raptors, moving on from some players. The Lakers, Tim, at this point, the Lakers have so many great players <laughs> that are going to be on their roster or projected to be on their bench. I think what we should do is we should just give a mulligan to the 2021 NBA season. I, I think we just say, listen, Brooklyn, LA, best of seven. We won't even play a full season. Just tell us <laughs> what it's going to be, okay? Because think about this. Russell Westbrook is now a Los Angeles Laker. Yep. Along with Carmelo Anthony. 
and LeBron James and Anthony yep. Davis and some 20-year-old prospect who's a phenom in addition to everyone else they have on that team. And the NBA commissioner is like, oh, yeah, I guess this is good for the league. It wasn't good when you wanted to get Kobe Bryant in CP3 eight to ten years ago, but yep. now we're okay with it. What yep. If we're going to super team it, Yo, put nitrous oxide in this thing. Let's super, super team this thing. Nah, man, I'm 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 here for it. What I want to see happen is the same thing that happened last year, where you have all these super teams, but then they struggle with different injury problems, and you have two like normal teams that end up competing in the finals. Because how many more years <laughs> of dumping all this money? Because at the end of at the end of every year, uh ownership does not give a shit about your playoff performance or how deep in the playoffs. They want championships or bust. Right. So like New England fans have seen that a lot where we get we get uh, a lot of, you know, revolving players or revolving coaching because we make the playoffs or we're not winning championships. And it comes a point where that's just not good enough. If you're spending that kind of money on a lot of those caliber of players, then you want championships. So how many more years of these super teams? Because not every super team is going to win every year. Obviously, how many more years of, you know, putting out, you know, your 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 mortgage of your arena in just salaries every year. Uh before you're like, okay, we're losing to teams that aren't super teams. What the hell is going on here? Uh yeah. before that 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 trend dies. Does it give you more of a chance, more of an opportunity to win? Sure. But neither one of those two teams you just mentioned were even competing in the NBA finals. So I actually I loved the way the finals played out last year. Uh, so well, did I. I said last I, year, I this it was last great. season. Um, so I'm here for it. Keep putting some of these super teams together because I would love to see them keep falling out of the finals, and then we can keep having this conversation as to when do you stop? Like when w- when is the phase over where it's not going to? Golden State obviously made everyone look bad when they were first, you know, the super team. Uh, with Green and Durant and and you know everybody who Iggy, yeah Iggy and all those Clay. guys, and then you know they're like a Curry injury away from mediocrity, even with all those superstars, right? So <clears throat> they weren't competing last year because they lost a lot of those players. Curry went down, but you had that that little phase of like perfectly gelled team, or at least at surface level. Everything looked like it gelled perfectly, mixed with one of the best shooters of our generation, if not all time, right? That was a perfect recipe. When you can take a team and put someone like LeBron on it and, you know, they're getting bounced from the playoffs. I mean, he's getting older. It's, it's, it's. He's been it's, in the league for almost two decades, though. He, he's, he's the Tom Brady he's been of in the, the NBA. League. He's been in the league so long. Uh, I think this season he actually plays against uh one of his son's former teammates that's how long he's been in the league yeah. so yeah um, i saw that on the on the clip from the shot from the shop on hbo <laughs> they're like oh they're i have like, what happened? and they're like oh yeah like hey, i played against this guy and i'm playing against his son and he's like if that happens again i'm like i just gotta leave <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean as, as annoying as it is to watch the media and the news all these teams getting put together i am genuinely here for it uh, as long as we get to continue watching these teams get bounced early. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Um, Tim, do you know what the um, Boston Celtics have done thus far in free agency? Uh, not much. 
Not much. According to NBA.com, nothing. No reported signings. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Evan Fournier, who's been, you know, who was famously handing the USA men's basketball team a loss in the beginning yeah. of the Olympics. Uh, you know, he's he's set to go somewhere else on a on a on a deal. Trey Mac Trey Young on a max deal with the Atlanta Hawks. We saw that coming, I'm sure. Uh let's see here. The Bulls, low key, are one of those teams that's like they've they've done a lot. They they brought DeMar DeRozan. Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, and Daniel Tice into their team. Yep. I think I think that's definitely a very, very promising, promising team thus far. Uh, the Nuggets, Austin Rivers, Jeff Green, Will Barton, Jamichael Green. The Nuggets were a team that were kind of towards the top anyway, so they probably just need to tinker a little bit. Same thing with the Mavs. You know, the Mavs mm-hmm. just went through a, a very big leadership change. Uh, with you know their general manager and everything like that, so I think Luca. I mean, he's killing it in the Olympics right now. He's leading Slovenia by himself. Like, he's mm-hmm. just he's gonna drag that team to a bronze medal if he if he you know if he ties. He doesn't really care. Um, let's see. Mark Mark ben. Murphy. Just to throw that out there, Mark Murphy uh, is quoted on Twitter saying the Celtics' priority, according to league source, is to retain a salary structure that makes it possible to sign. A major player when he comes available, most likely next summer. Good so chance Kawhi they Leonard. don't use the five point seven taxpayer mid level this time around. Interesting, interesting. I mean, I'm excited for the Celtics this year. I think I think they can be competitive again. Yeah. Um, I, I've liked the, what I've seen thus far out of the, out of teams. You know, again, yeah. new coach gonna be much more aggressive. I, I'm excited to see what the product is before you start throwing tons of new players in there. Um. Did you see the report about what they wanted, what the 76ers wanted for Ben Simmons? No. Oh, oh, oh my God. It was so oh. much. It was, <laughs> they basically wanted like a starting <laughs> roster. It was so bad. It was, it was so bad. I could not believe it when I, when I saw it. I thought it was like one of those memes that like people sent to you and you're just like, this is trash. Um, this can't be real. But it was real. That's super unfortunate um, because like – uh, a guy that has a max contract, like I get that you're trying to recoup some of that cost, but at the end of the day, like you need to be much more cognizant of like what you're actually going to get for a player. You you can start high and then like kind of negotiate low. I think that it was rumored to be like four picks or, or players, and I'm just like, no, not for Ben Simmons, for Joel Embiid, 100. percent not for not for not for Ben Simmons. Well, he was a, um, he was a I will say this I mean, the tough part I have with Ben Simmons is that I think he's a good player. He's a he's 25, he's been a three three-time All-Star player. He just had a, a a tough postseason. Like I I think his average was around somewhere like, I don't know, 11, 12 points a game, something like that. It, it, they weren't obviously they weren't uh great numbers, but they're looking for like four first round picks and an all star level player. Like that's that's yeah, too much. That, that was like one of the scenarios. That's insanity. Like if, you're looking for basically uh, a future starting lineup and an all star for right now. That's what you're looking for. That's just think nuts. <laughs> just just ain't gonna happen. Uh, I misspoke on the Daniel Tice thing. He's part of a three way trade. He's actually going to the Houston Rockets. Mm. Um, we'll finish this up here. Obviously, the Lakers have a complete haul. Um, Miami Heat, low key, made some good good moves. Uh, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, yep. Duncan Robinson, PJ Tucker, Gabe Vincent. Yeah, those are the big uh, names. 
It could be uh, like the Heat team from two years ago. You but know, not the Heat team from bit, uh, 2005 when LeBron took his town down to South Beach. Not one, not two, not three. Now, I thought about that shit when I was running the other day. I was like, I need to think up some podcast topics. I was like, why does Tim hate the Miami Heat so bad? And I was like, oh, it's because they just they said they were going to win all these championships, and they didn't. That's why. I, you know, it has I, to I, be. I think I don't hate the Miami Heat. You know what I'm starting to, I think, realize? is that <laughs> I'm, I'm just not comes. a big fan of LeBron. Uh, I think he's a phenomenal player. There's lots of those. But they're just good, bad, or indifferent players you're just not a fan of. Um, Kyrie Irving is one of those. Phenomenal player. Uh I, I liked him when he was in Boston. He's sort of become this like alter ego of himself. Maybe this is who he's been all along. And he's just more quiet back then. I don't know, but something about him rubs me the wrong way. Uh, he's another one that's getting a lot of heat for you know his mental health breaks and whatnot. But I mean, I don't I don't necessarily equate his mental health breaks to Simone Biles' health breaks because she was Correct. saying uh, well, she was like saying saving. like I'm going to injure myself, and he's saying like you know the Earth is flat, and I need to you know, exercise the demons from the garden, you know, yeah, different with things, stage. <laughs> yeah, different things, different things entirely. Yeah. Look, we're, we're probably not finished NBA free agency. I'm sure there'll be some other moves that will come up. Um, obviously the draft happened uh, recently. There've been a lot of great prospects that are coming in. We're not too far from summer league basketball, and then we'll be preseason before you know it. But I think we have to take a look at the fact that some of the power players are already coming into focus. You can't really count out the Bucks or the Suns because they both have the, the caliber and the depth that got them health-wise to the championship this year. They have great coaching. The Heat are obviously retooling. Yep. The Lakers obviously decided we don't need one gun. We're like Neo in the Matrix. We need a lot of guns, which is what they're building their team on. The Knicks, what are they doing? The Nets. Yeah, they're still trying to make this. They're they're trying to make fetch happen, but everyone needs to stay healthy for them to make it happen. Uh, Celtics just following someone's slipstream. You know what I mean? Just just kind of float along there. Just keep floating along like modest mouse and just learn some lessons and and see what happens there. But I it do sa- think we're going to be. It sounds like we're. It sounds like we're going into a a, a rebuild the year. If I, not necessarily rebuild the year, a stalling year. I'll call it. They okay. traded some players for. Uh, cheaper players, I think, to just get us into next year, and then uh, then make a move going into next summer. That's my that's my guess. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad guess either. I really don't. But uh, that's basketball in America, folks. Now let let's 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 do some quick hits on some of these other topics we got here. Okay, the Carson Wentz injury is weird to me, really weird to me, because it came out he felt discomfort in his foot, and a couple of days later, the true the truth came to light. Oh, he he might have broken his foot in bone in high school, and you know he he had some work done to it, but it's become dislodged now, and he needs surgery. Well, when is he coming back? Well, maybe in twelve weeks. Maybe in twelve weeks. Like what? Like the Colts went from being like a team that everyone was going to be like, oh yeah, this guy's he's he's gonna he's gonna get back to MVP form. He's gonna like revitalize the offense, like. Man, we might be seeing MVP Carson Wentz, and that I didn't believe it, just because Carson has the injury bug that seems to keep biting him. I do feel bad for him because, like, having a bone in your foot that kind of breaks—that is something you've been dealing with since high school—that sucks. 
But yeah. also, like, why didn't you get it taken care of before now? Like, when you tore your ACL, why didn't you just tell the doc, like, hey, while you're down there, <laughs> good break old the bone and let's 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 get back 100. percent Like, why? Yeah. I, I, I'm not an athlete, so I can't I can't guess why they do these types of things. But man, that's got to be bad for the Colts because they just paid Philip Rivers 25 million dollars to get into the wild card round, and then he retired. And now who they got? Brent Hundley? A couple yeah. other guys? No. No. I uh, I I gotta hesitate briefly before making any jokes because I gotta feel like it's super frustrating for a guy like him to just come off of an injury and then have an injury. So I like I, I sympathize, but holy shit, has that man turned into Mr. Glass? Like it, it's second, bad. maybe only to a Dak Prescott, who may or may not have like an injury again. Who... And it, you're right, in his throwing shoulder, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot it, of this stuff that's like up in the air this year. So yeah, for fantasy, I mean, draft those oof. running backs, everybody. Draft those running backs. Yeah, Dak, Dak did say, though, that if this was like midseason, would he have missed any time? Maybe not. But then you wonder if, you know, if it was something mildly serious and he pushed it, would he then be out again for a long period of time? So it's just crazy. Um, I got a feel for the guy. I, I, I like Wentz as uh, as a person. Um, and I, I, I have no ill will towards him, and I feel Ditto. for the frustration uh, that he must be going through to come back from an injury, go to a new team just to get injured in preseason, not even like injured during a game. But well, not even in preseason in camp. We're not even. You know, the first I mean, preseason game is this well, weekend. No, I mean when I say preseason, I mean like the 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 start oh, okay. of a new season before you're yeah, actually yeah. playing any sort of games. But yeah, also preseason being this weekend, the first game makes me feel like summer's over. You know, like step one is going through going on vacation. When I come back, uh, I'm always like, oh shit summer's over and then when you hear football coming back up i just saw you know all the on-air folks from the different channels start posting like back in the studio you're like oh shit like it's been we're having like a cold snap here in new england where it was like 70 degrees out the last two days i think we had it like a 68 degree day and a 50 degree night i'm like it, wait pump the brakes it's like august <laughs> that we have a whole month of summer left plus <laughs> plus the dog days in september what the hell's going on here but move yeah. to virginia move to virginia <laughs> if my business will up and move with me i'm I'm there it's hot as balls down here man <laughs> so yeah. it's almost october so uh man <clears throat> yeah i feel for him though hopefully I uh hopefully it's mild hopefully you can get back sooner uh, i know there's a huge window it's like five to twelve weeks or something yeah five like to twelve that. weeks like what? Wait, what are you doing? Are you like, are you breaking the bone? Or are you breaking the bone and taking off like a pinky toe? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Five I, weeks I, I is the start of the season. 12 weeks, you're missing like the first half of the season. Right. If not more. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that brings up a good thing too, right? We're talking about medical stuff. Uh, COVID obviously has been a big thing that the NFL has tried to minimize its effect as much as possible. And they were not taking any chances this year. They built upon yeah. the same guidelines they used for last year. And what they did was the, the NFL took away the safety net of, hey, if you have an outbreak, like we'll reschedule your games. We'll move your bye week. They're not doing that, that shit this time around. Um, in a memo that went out to teams, yep. if you are found because of unvaccinated players uh, to give COVID to another team or or to – give COVID to other players and, and actually get to the point where you cause a game to not be played, you forfeit. It counts into playoff losses. Mm -hmm. um, vaccinated players can be in the cafeteria. They can be in meeting rooms. They can be around with people. They can have folks in their hotel rooms. 
mm-hmm. um, and they can have a bye week. And unvaccinated players have to wear masks. Can't mm-hmm. necessarily be in the same room as everyone else. Can't go home on their bye week. Like it's pretty much the NFL saying, like, get vaccinated or else. Yeah. Um, a number of teams are above the ninety percent threshold. You love to see it. You absolutely love to see mm-hmm. it. But there are some people who have made some pretty hot for hot to trot TV comments. Okay, uh, Dak Prescott had a pretty nice bluff. I think I'm going to call it a bluff. I think it was a hiccup. But when someone asked him about his vaccination status, he said, "I'm pretty sure it's HIPAA. That's not HIPAA. It's not what that is at all." <laughs> um, so. That really protects certain employees in certain situations, and that doesn't apply to football players. So <laughs> I, I completely understand it. Uh, Seattle, for example, will have one player that's not going to be vaccinated for personal reasons. One player. One player. Oh, yeah. The, re- the rest of the team's vaccinated. Seattle is a team that didn't have any COVID-19 positive tests over the last season. They, they always compete. Love you, Pete Carroll. You're taking it to another level here. But there are a number of teams that have realized the competitive disadvantage that happens, like the Tennessee Titans or the Pittsburgh Steelers, when you get a COVID um, scare and it completely wrecks your season. So teams are taking it much differently this year. There's financial weight now that's behind it. And look, a lot of people got feelings about it. We'll talk about Cole Beasley in a second. The NFL is doing what it can to obviously protect its finances. But the NFL, in a weird way, is also advocating for the health and the protection of the players. Yeah. And they don't usually do that, right? But they're saying, essentially, look, you play a game. We love the game. We want to make it as safe as possible. If you interfere with the safe playing of this game, we're going to bring the hammer down on your team. We're not bringing it down on you. We're bringing it down on your team. And I, I think it's a very sly and concerted way to get vaccine rates up. But I also think it's what we should have done in the beginning. And after this memo came out from the league, the NFLPA released a memo of their own. And they said, listen, this is is pretty much the same thing we were underneath last year, except if you cause an outbreak and you can't play the game, then you won't get paid. Last year, you weren't going to get paid or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. So now it's hitting players' wallets, which then brings us to Mr. Cole Beasley, Buffalo (laughs) Bills. That man is They're, not. Uh, I mean, that man never speaks his mind, though. So this is weird, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like he never has any right. opinion on anything, and he might be the only receiver that, like, if <laughs> I mean, if you were to catch COVID, I mean, he might be the only receiver who might actually catch passes later on, because the rest of his team would be out for close contact. Like, he gave a press conference. It was super bizarre because, his, again, his mask wasn't covering his nose, and um, he talked about misinformation that's been provided to players, like. The Washington football team had doctors that created the COVID vaccine that were there talking to players, okay? Their coach is immune compromised, Ron Rivera. He just he just battled cancer. And, like, he's even like, yeah, well, some players just aren't going to get it. Mike Zimmer said something like, you know, some of these players are reading things on the internet, and woof. Like, he said that during a press yeah. conference. He was like, I don't know if I agree with this. There are two NFL coaches at least – one was straight up fired from the Broncos. A guy that was on Super Bowl winning roster, he was fired because he didn't take the vaccine. And a Patriots um, offensive assistant didn't take the vaccine. He's going to take this season off. Bill Belichick's yep. like, you're a great mind, but you're not messing with the process. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not messing with this team. Yep. Like, why 15, 18 months into this, are we still uh, like, why are we resisting? Like, 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I got a. Uh, <sighs> it's it's it. This is this is a weird one for me because I kind of, I kind of live somewhere in the middle where I I to to, to clarify. Um, not only am I vaccinated, but I thought I had a COVID scare this weekend and, uh, and going out and get a COVID test. Cause I thought I felt like shit, like bad for four days, but never had a fever. So I didn't, I didn't think I quite was there, but, uh, I, I I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, for those who don't know, I, I worked at a pharmaceutical company who did a lot of, uh, this research vaccines and viruses and all that sort of stuff. I worked for Novartis for quite a while and I, and I had some great conversations with folks uh who work there and i actually think i want to try and see if i can get one of them on to help you know ask some tough questions and answer some tough questions we might have because we don't understand the science behind it right um but i don't know if i necessarily like the idea of forcing people to take it however i'm all for enforcing what happens if you choose not to take it right yeah okay meaning I, I, meaning I, I, like i see you in there yeah meaning like i if i was told and and my employer just did did something similar where everyone at this point has a 90 day window to get yourself vaccinated right in order to return to office you have to be fully vaccinated and i think this comes down not to a question of liberty or beliefs or anything like that. This comes down strictly to business at this point where businesses are looking out for what they're supposed to be looking out for, which is uh, their financial stability, their ability to operate, and the ability to provide whatever service it is that they're being paid to provide. Um, my business, it's media, it's entertainment, it's that sort of stuff. If you have a COVID outbreak, you have, you know, 40 people from a department who aren't able to be in there and do their work because someone who was unvaccinated or, and this is, I know where this is going to go. It's going to spiral into the whole, well, why are vaccinated people risks done? Why are unvaccinated people risks to vaccinated people? It's, this isn't yeah. that argument. But what yeah, it is, is saying, this is someone who is, choosing for whatever reason to not take the steps appropriate to make sure that they are not a threat to the people around them right there are some people who can't get vaccinated because they have medical exemptions there are breakthrough cases that happen all the time they're pretty rare but they happen all the time we've already heard a lot of the covid cases that have been coming out in these you know like daily numbers majority of them are people who are unvaccinated so it's there is some science behind the numbers to show that while yes some vaccinated people are getting sick a vast majority of those are the ones who are not vaccinated. But besides the point, if a business runs a risk of major revenue loss uh, because of something that seemingly could be prevented, then I fully encourage them to take whatever steps possible to protect themselves against that financial shortfall. We had it all last season. The amount of money that everybody lost is just astronomical. Yep. You're coming into this season. There's a way to help mitigate some of that loss. You're asking your players to uh, help take whatever precautions they can to avoid that. And if they're choosing not to and something happens, I'm all for, 
you know, some of these more severe consequences. Okay, look, you're taking the risk into your hands. And if something happens and it's deemed you are the, the reason that that happened, then there are going to be repercussions. Like, if we're losing money because of your decision, you're now going to have to take some of the fall for and the responsibility for that. As long as they're on board with that, as long as the players have the buy-in to say, like, I will follow whatever you want me to do. Now, if you have a player who chooses not to get vaccinated and then also makes us think about wearing a mask and some of the other protocols that are on there, the hell with them. Send them packing. Tell them to take the year off. Tell them it's unpaid. Give them the option like last year. Look, I get Knocked it. Out. Yep. I get it. You don't want to uh, you don't want to put your health at risk by taking this vaccine. We don't want to put your health at risk by potentially exposing you unnecessarily to, you know, contact through another method. Uh, you're choosing not to adhere to all of the other standards we put in place that are outside the vaccine. That's you're you, you're posing too much of a risk. I'm sorry, we're gonna have to ask you to leave. That's I'm totally fine with that. I think that needs to be something that everyone agrees on. And if everybody agrees on it, then you know what it is. What it is. Move on from there. It's it's a delicate one. It's a tough one though. But I I do want to stop short of like requiring and forcing people to do it. Do I think everybody should be smart enough to make those decisions? Because a lot of those same douchebags that are out there spreading misinformation, like I don't know what's in this vaccine, are the same people who have no problem putting down thirty five Bud Lights and a vape pen over the weekend. Yeah, I know. And this is some of you guys I know who listen to this podcast. I know when the weekend rolls around. You're hitting vape pens, which have already been proven to contain shit that like nobody should be inhaling, and you're sucking down like forty beers on a weekend. Like it's hypocritical. You're suffering from informational bias when you're doing your quote unquote research, which has become the most ridiculous term on the entire internet. You're not doing research. You are looking on the internet. In the way opinions that serve your own biases. Not only that, but the internet is working in your favor to present content to you that matches what your general beliefs are through Facebook integration into your search engine, through Google integration into your search engine, to ad platforms that monitor your day-to-day functionality and are more likely to promote content that you're going to engage with because they get ad revenue off of it. Um, It's informational bias. What you need to do is take whatever information and give it to someone who has the opposite opinion of you, have them review it, and then you guys can go back and forth and discuss it. It's called a peer review. Give it to like 28 people, have them read it. Uh, There's lots of things involved in research uh, that you aren't doing. What you're doing is you're just looking and finding the things in articles that match your belief structure and you're just buying into it and if anybody calls you out with counterpoints your response is just do the research it's bullshit it doesn't make any sense someone probably did the same amount of research on the opposing side of that and now you're just cranky about it because you know you can't necessarily justify it so yeah it's it's just super tough like when we talked about sports in a bubble right we talked about cardboard fans in the stand we talked about all this all this stuff you're like it was colloquially known that like we were going to suffer as a nation or as a world for a, a set amount of time, but sports are back, baby. We're back. I mean, I just went to a full, a full stadium, uh, yeah. you know, a few weeks ago to go watch an, a NAS Mets game. 
crushing beers in the stand, eating some overpriced hot dogs. I was happy as a, a pig in shit. And now it's in jeopardy because people don't want to get vaccinated? Come on. The flu, right, which kills people, we, we change, we, we get a new flu booster every single year. It's just a thing. Like, the people that have wanted to fight about this are just, I don't want to say they're grifting. I don't want to say that they're looking for more information. I'm just saying this is not the hill to die on when you can die of COVID. And for NFL players who think they can take a stand and be like, ah, you know, I believe in COVID. I'm not, I'm not going to get the vaccine. The, the cards are stacked against them in the deck. There are many people out there who would gladly take their spot and are able and willing to take their spot because they're vaccinated, because they wear a mask, because they've been training, right? That's just the nature of the game. This makes those margins a lot, a lot smaller. And it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if Cole Beasley believes that they've not been provided enough information from the NFLPA, take that shit to the commissioner. Don't make a press conference and say, these players have been lied to. We give misinformation. No, you haven't, Cole Beasley. You've not been given misinformation. You've been given all the information. It just doesn't answer the questions that your bias is asking. So you're thinking, oh, there's got to be something suspect here. No. Every time, like we were talking about earlier, every time, ever since we've been vaccinated, we go out, we get a little bit of a, a little throat tickle. We get a little bit of sinus pressure. We're like, oh, Jesus, here we go. I'm a breakthrough case or something. You know what I mean? But then you take tests and you find out that you're not. So it's just other things that we're, that we're dealing with. People used to make fun of folks from Eastern countries who wore masks. Now we're like, oh shit, that might be a part of our life for a couple years. Yeah. And it's just, it's insane to me. Think about this. And this is my last point on that. 9-11 happened. We created a federal agency to secure our homeland borders. We found out who was responsible we were organized, and we were in Afghanistan within 30 days. Yep. We've been dealing with COVID for 18 months, and we still have people who don't believe science. We have people who don't necessarily know what the plan is. And we've gone through two presidential administrations where we're trying to figure out how we're going to combat this. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's anything we need to do, it's we need to come together on COVID. Like, we come together on the Olympics. And I, this, this would be done. We should have got the gold medal for lowest COVID deaths and cases. That's what we should have done. That's that's yeah. a, that's the American way, and instead we have the silver right now for Mel's ass, and that's just not good at all. Yeah. And we can't be heading into an NFL season where fans are going to be in the stands. I'm going to games, you know, and if, and if I feel like I need to wear a mask, I wear a mask. Yeah, you're not going to shame me into not wearing a mask. I just feel like the alternative is not giving the disease to someone who can't fight it, especially yeah. yourself. You know, it's yeah. it's a very very weird thing, and. We're on the eve of a momentous uh, 2021 NFL season and and for players to be invoking HIPAA and coming up with these weird, bizarre statements about, well, you know, players have been given misinformation. Like, no, you haven't. Yeah. (laughs) You haven't. It's not like you can only go to the library on Mondays from 9 to 11 a.m. Like, you have the internet. You have team doctors. Doctors. You have have access. Yeah. People who don't catch nine and seven routes. People who actually went to school for this. Yeah, Those are the, the fact, the fact that uh, that that people have decided that listening to people who have dedicated their lives to this science and have started trusting the random shit they find on the internet. Con- I mean, I'm I'm not surprised by it. Nothing surprises me in uh, uh, this day and age anymore. People will literally believe 
anything. Um, well, you should be surprised because I, 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 I bought a I bought a Cam Newton jersey. Oh, nice. Good for you. No, I Did didn't. You? But yeah, no. <laughs> I wanted to see if you believed it. <laughs> um, I I I saw a woman today online comparing uh vaccination bracelets. I guess the the idea of the vaccination oh, bracelets God. to uh, the Holocaust to the Holocaust. And when someone <sighs> asked her. Wait, are you really comparing it? She's like, yeah, I did. And if you don't see why, uh, you need to look deeper into history or at yourself. Um, this woman 10 years ago uh, was claiming to be a psychic. And now she's a, like a holistic doctor. And she's had a little bit of fame. Um, I mean, first of all, if you're a psychic, you should have seen all this coming, right? Oh, like, snap. Like, that should have been one of those. Like, where are the world's psychics who should have given us a heads up that COVID about, was coming? About COVID-19. Yeah, that would have been yeah. nice in, like, yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah. That would have been cool. So you went from that to a – and nothing against holistic doctors, but, like, that seems like a strange transition to go from, like, one to the other and now talking about empowerment and all this, this these other things. But um, while I appreciate the, the efforts of becoming a holistic doctor – um she seems to be applying her thoughts to like all manners of uh, health, whether that be uh, mental health, uh, COVID, vaccinations, diets, literally everything. Like she's a doctor of everything. And just the conversation like in there and how many people are like, yeah, it's exactly the same. It's, it, it, it's those continued moments where I continue to lose more and more faith uh both in where i went to high school but also just people on the internet in general you're you're now comparing the genocide of a a a forced encampment and burning of people and gassing of people to requiring people to get a vaccination to prevent people from dying like which which employers can do let's let's just be frank about that employers can do that yeah and if you're if you're in the camp where you think those two things are similar um your white empowerment in the united states is is showing because those two things are so and I, i unfortunately there aren't many holocaust survivors left uh, and there aren't many Holocaust survivors in general because, you know, they killed millions and millions and millions of people. Um, but if one of them was a- around and you asked them that question, I would hope that they would punch you in the throat and then watch you asphyxiate on the ground because that is the most asinine argument I've ever seen. Asking someone to show that they've been vaccinated, uh, being, you know, talked about in the same vein as a, as a race of people who were taken from their homes thrown forcibly. in an uh and either forcibly taken or yeah they were either yeah. starved to death gassed they were branded they were you know shut up just you can be against vaccines because you don't trust the science you can be against vaccines because you don't want the injection you can be against vaccines for whatever reason but that comparison is literally the dumbest comparison i've ever yeah, seen and that's the last i'm gonna say I'm you gotta, you gotta come to the table with you gotta come to the table with a much better argument those yeah. people not you great yeah. argument tim I will. I will say. I went to a bar the other night, and they had a big chalk sign up front. It said "ID and vaccine ID required," and I was like, "Oh shit! Did I save the photo of my vaccine card?" So I walked up, and he he looked at my ID, and he was like, "Yo, do you have proof of vaccination?" I was like, "Oh uh, yes," and I'm like scrolling through my phone. It's like beer photo, beer photo, beer photo, beer photo, Chelsea, beer photo, beer photo, <laughs> dog, 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 Chelsea, yeah. beer photo, beer photo. I was like, "Oh, hold on," and I went to albums, and I was like, "Oh, there it is." And I showed it to him, and I zoomed yeah. in. He was like, "Are right, you good, bro? Like, you don't need a mask." I was like, 
Hallelujah. If you didn't <laughs> have a mask, could you pints. go in with that one? I mean, or could I, you just I, not I, get in I at all? One. Yeah, uh, you know, I had one. I had no, one. No, no, I'm saying, would, he re- would they refuse your entry into the bar without no, a mask? No, but you would have had to wear your mask in between sips. Right. Ah, uh, there's probably no way for them to enforce that, right? Well, yeah, well, they, they, mm, mm, yeah. Seattle, they would have tried. <laughs> All right. Anyway, real quick, before we go, the last thing I got to say, because I know we're running along, um, hell hath no fury like that of a, uh, a wife on Twitter, as we okay. have learned, uh, okay. from Evander Kane. Have you heard that story yet? Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, we'll 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 dive into this one a little bit more as it plays out. But anybody who hasn't, uh, turns out, Evander Kane has been living sort of a lie off the ice, mm. uh, in which his current wife, not estranged, not separated, not ex, his uh his current wife, Wait, made is she a pregnant? Pregnant, yeah, current yeah. pregnant yeah. wife. Uh, made a Twitter post or a Instagram yeah, post, IG, yep. uh, basically stating that he's a deadbeat dad who spends all of his time partying while his wife and daughter are at home, while he has spent all of their money, uh, called her to tell her that the house is about to be taken by the bank, uh, but did not come home to help pack or move. Uh, and then just to add, you know, more fuel to the fire or salt to the wound, however you want to look at it, followed it up with a post uh, tagging the NHL and the commissioner as to why they're allowing a player who bets on his own games right. currently playing the league. It's the Pete Rose in the NHL. Dang. Damn, Damn bro. I, man, that is, uh, that is some shit. I had no idea that uh, that was even a thing. Um. We'll, we'll we'll let this one ride a little bit. Maybe talk about it next week as more comes out because now it's started an official probe. But, I mean, could you imagine the heart rate of this woman as she was about to hit, like, post Send. as she's typing that out? Woo! And I wonder what the breaking point was because it doesn't mm. sound like this. I mean, it's very sad when you hear her, True. like, the, the, the story of her, uh, their daughter, like holding the bear walking around, like asking for dad. And he's just like never there. He's never coming home. He's out partying and all these things. It's it's too bad. It's too bad. But um, get your get yourselves familiar with it because we're going to talk a little bit more about that one next week as it kind of fleshes itself out. But sounds like a pretty juicy story bubbling up in the NHL, which tends to be relatively drama free. So this is a bit of a surprise. Maybe next week with the NHL episode. With all the juicy details. Because Krejci is leaving, too. So we got, we got to talk about that. I don't know. Sad. All right. That, but. Yeah, very sad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a week to at least kind of digest it before we can talk about it. <laughs> but let's let's put the uh, let's put the axe in this one. Season 2, Episode 19, Sassa Matter. Tim, this has been a great, great bounce back. I don't know if we mm-hmm. can take another two weeks off again. We, 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 we really shrug City there for the first 25 minutes. <laughs> that's good it's good the the real ones will listen through it and then uh and then we'll be good we'll be back on track 100 p 100 p that's 100 percent for the for the for the 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 gen z folks who don't know no cap oh (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah yeah straight facts no cap oh all right and we're out we're out of here guys catch (laughs) you